you know, it's not Karachi, it is not East Pakistan, this is not India, this is not Ireland, this is never records, this is never records, this is never records. And certainly me. In the crash. In the booth with never records. Nice. With 13 minutes. Across the ocean, from New York to Liverpool to Derry, we are the ones who believe that through joy we can forever live. You are not listening to Never Records on Converge Radio 99.9 FM. Welcome to episode 74 of Never Records Radio. My name is Ted Riederer, and I'm an artist and musician who lives and works in New York City. From the Mississippi to the River Jordan and back to the Missouri, I've recorded musicians, poets, historians, piano tuners, anyone who wants to cut a vinyl record for free in my conceptual art project, Never Records. The Never Records archive continues to grow. To this date, there are over 500 recordings from more than nine cities around the world. This past fall, Never Records opened an installation in Kansas City. It was the longest Never Records to date. Seven weeks of performance as part of Open Spaces, a new international festival of the arts, which was curated by Dan Cameron. It was a marathon for me and my family. My wife Rose and our newborn baby, Theo, drove out with me from New York to Kansas City. Unexpectedly, Rose and Theo had to return halfway through September, when Rose fell and broke her ribs in our Airbnb. It was difficult to be there without them. So I redoubled my efforts and tripled the bookings. In the final week, I recorded over 28 three-hour sessions and hosted two concerts. Participating in a big biennial with over 40 other artists helped me realize that Never Records proffers a challenge to the idea of authorship in art. Many visitors had no idea that Never Records was even an art project. They could name installations by Nick Cave and my next door neighbor, Shanique Smith, but assume Never Records was just some other new business in a neighborhood filled with breweries, distilleries, and yes, two other record shops. Fed up with the myths of artists who turn their signatures into brands, from Warhol to Coons to Banksy. I believe in an art practice where authorship is subsumed by the work itself. A rebuttal to our selfie-obsessed culture. I cringe when artists approach their work as they would a brand. My studio has always served as a church or temple to me, a place where I can get lost in the transcendental possibility of art making. Art, to me, is a mode of living, an ethic, a way to lead a fulfilling life. So I do not consider Never Records a pop-up recording studio or a talent search. And no, I have no plans to sell it to help promote jeans or any other product. I consider it a performance piece in which I am the performer. I may be spotlighting a recording session of other artists, a poet, a banjo player, or a punk band, but through guided discussions about the recording process, a demonstration about cutting vinyl, 
and a sharing of philosophies about art and life. I'm attempting to re-enchant the creative process for the performers inside my installation. I'll consider a session a success when participants leave with an extra sparkle in their eyes and a reminder of how magic the world can be. So often, the idea that I'm a performance artist and not an audio engineer gets lost. And I'm okay with that. In an early discussion about scheduling, the Open Spaces team asked who they could get to record when I wasn't going to be in Kansas City. I joked that that would be like getting a sub for Marina Abramovic to sit at the table inside the Museum of Modern Art. I joke because this kind of conceptual art often comes across as pretentious and self-aggrandizing, two traits I abhor. I've always been drawn to conceptual art because it breaks norms, abides by no traditions, and is lawless. All qualities that are important to remember when I start to take things too seriously. And now it's time to put away the art talk for a while. I'm sorry, I just had to get it off my chest. Let me describe this next recording to you. With so many talented people parading through Never Records, I often get the urge to step out of my role and play. In rare instances, when I hit it off with a performer, artists will let me contribute some creative ideas to their work. Today's episode features some of these recordings from Kansas City. Because we can cut records instantly, I love using records as a recording tool or device. Kevin Camarda is an artist and musician from New Orleans who made the 13-hour track to participate in his second Never Records. I've known Kevin since the late 90s, when our bands played together in New Orleans. We recorded a great tune back in 2012 at his first Never Records in NOLA. I was really touched that he wanted to come to Kansas City, so I wanted to give him an extra special recording. Kevin's a collage artist, and he's heavily into loops and drones, so we sought to use vinyl as collage to emphasize this approach to songwriting. So we recorded and cut an instrumental version of his song. I then re-recorded this vinyl while manipulating the speed of the record with my finger. The overall effect is magical. It creates kind of a temporal warble that adds to the psychic tension of the lyrics, like something's not quite right, and it makes a nice contrast to the dry vocals and the reverb-soaked guitar. Here is Kevin Camarda, AKA The Self-Help Tapes, with a song called The Bliss in Oblivion, recorded live at Never Records Kansas City this past September.
anything. You are not listening to Never Records. That was the collage artist Kevin Camarda, a.k.a. the self-help tapes, with a song called The Bliss in Oblivion. We put a lock groove in the end of his record, and we let it play for several minutes while we continued to play with the speed. You can hear the needle drop at the beginning and end of the song, an audio artifact that declares the music was re-recorded from a vinyl record. It was Kevin's second Never Record session, and I hope he makes it to the next Never Records, whether it's in India or New York City. Let me describe this next recording to you. Sean Hansen, a composer based in Kansas City, is a kindred spirit. An experimental musician, piano repair expert, and host of his very own analog radio station, KJEA. Sean is very fluent with lathe cut records and lock grooves. An experimental collaboration, of course. He gave me a thick yellow record cut like a saw blade, something I'd never seen before. Sean was one of the participants of Diego Aguirre Fernandez's Mensajito workshop, and now KJEA, which started as an imaginary station when he was six years old, streams online. He also transmits an analog signal from his apartment, but you need to be within a few city blocks to hear it. One night, Sean and I went to a piano rebuilding workshop at UMKC where he works. It was a magical place with pianos turned inside out, eviscerated and flayed. On almost every available surface lay the bones of naked pianos, hammers, felts, and lead weights. With my trusty Tascam A-Track, I recorded Sean playing five short piano compositions on a single-strung upright piano. We grabbed some pizza and beer and headed back to Never Records, where we cut all five compositions to one side of a vinyl record. On this record, each composition begins and plays in real time, but ends in a lock groove. We then layered these separate tracks to create a single composition of layered melodies and lockers. To this day, I marvel at how beautiful this track is. It came together rather quickly and effortlessly. It's also surprisingly easy to listen to, given the random, exquisite corpse nature of its composition.
You are not listening to Never Records. That was a piece called Lock Grooves with Single Strung Piano, a musique concrete composition by Sean Hansen in collaboration with Never Records. There's a great video of our session on Vimeo. Since I didn't record the cutting half of the night, I had to get creative with the editing of the video. Each time a lock groove begins, I show footage of Sean re-entering his workshop. I'm really happy with how it came out. Sean became a great contact in KC, and he even hosted a concert in Ever Records featuring his duo with Sterling Holman, Shush, and Tashi Georgie, a guitarist from North Carolina who we'll hear from later. Sean's wife, Sienna, invited me to a once-in-a-lifetime meal at Rieger, an amazing restaurant in the crossroads. It was a great way to celebrate my last night in town, and I loved every bite. Let me describe this next recording to you. Mark Weinberg was a mad scientist. He unpacked a suitcase full of effects pedals, a pignose guitar, a pignose amplifier, and one vintage realistic contact microphone. He set up a serpentine signal chain with that contact mic in front of the speaker of the pignose guitar, which was then plugged into a series of effects pedals, and finally the tiny pignose amplifier. The sound was shrill, with phasers and chorus and distortions, which was his intent. When he started playing a strummy pop song with vocals, I knew I had to try a different approach, because the vocals had nothing upon which to rest, the lo-fi quality being just too lo-fi. So I asked Mark if he was willing to take a musical journey with me. I got him to play the song on the shop acoustic guitar, pink Fender acoustic that I proudly purchased from Big Dude's Music. This recording had a bit more body, but it still needed Mark's lo-fi vision. So I cut the acoustic track to vinyl, and then mic'd the vinyl on the vintage record player that I brought from New York, sending the signal through his effects chain. It sounded a lot like the original, only with a fuller tone to support the weight of the pop song lyrics. It helped that Mark and I shared an affinity for bands like the Butthole Surfers, Dinosaur Jr., and of course, Ween. Take our things in a little bag, yeah, we'll 
You are not listening to Never Records Radio. That was Mark Weinberg, recorded live at Neffer Records, Kansas City. I had a lot of fun producing this track. The quirkiness and noise of the music belies a very well-written pop song that in the end reminds me of the songwriting of someone like Lou Reed. I love the line about Staggerly, and I sampled the chorus, we're gonna get there just you wait and see, and brought it back several times in the end of the track. That repetition adds a kind of pop sentiment to a very experimental and noisy track. Thank you for listening to Never Records. Special thanks goes to Kevin, Sean, and Mark for their willingness to collaborate with me. A heartfelt thanks and a big hug to all the musicians and artists that made Never Records possible. For more information, pictures, and video from today's session, please visit neverrecords.net This show would not be heard if it weren't for Scott Morfitt and Eli Klatt at Converge Radio who put Never Records on the airwaves with support from the UW Eau Claire Foundation You are not listening to Never Records